Welcome to TradFi to DeFi, a community-driven podcast about crypto and decentralized finance. This is Tyler Sherwin, and I'm joined by John Tejan. Together, our goal is to teach, encourage, and inspire you to seize opportunities in this emerging world of DeFi. Let's get started. Normally, uh, Tyler does an introduction for our weekly call on Fridays, and uh, we'll be recording this, and it's, uh, I believe it's uh, June 17th, so uh, mark that, uh, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, have some interesting conversations today. Um, I guess the, the main thing uh, in the news, uh, since we're in a bear market and that's really all you get in anymore is news, and normally bad news. <laughs> Um, you know, with Celsius kind of going down the uh, proverbial shithole and uh, 3AC following suit, uh, it's kind of amazing how quickly these uh, these, these centralized uh, um, either either protocols or funds, uh, I guess you can call them centralized. Uh, uh, you know how they're they're just really falling on their sword. You know, and it points back to you know, leverage and not being able to control that in a in a bear market, and uh, it's wiping people out um, pretty pretty dramatically, pretty dramatically. So, uh, if anybody has any 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 interesting takes on that, I uh, I'd be glad to to kick that off. I'll have to admit I I've uh, I've been quite busy the past week or two, and I haven't been consuming all of the. Uh, the news out there. Uh, so if anybody'd like to, to take a swing at, uh, at this and, you know, is this just the start of some of these, these funds folding and, uh, and, or, you know, on and off ramps, uh, you know, centralized exchanges, uh, you know, or is this just the normal casualty of a bear market? Um, yeah, I mean, for me, what's been interesting is this is my first full cycle where um going from bear to bull to bear, and I'm in a un- not a unique vantage point, but um as a result of like my five years of networking in the space, um I'm basically you know one or two steps away from the 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 actual source of information or alpha when it comes out and it's it's really interesting to see um because like you know people talk about like pve and pvp markets where a pve market is a bull market and it means you don't really have any threat of like anyone coming and kneecapping you um but in the pvp market which is typically what people refer to as the bear market um you get the knives out and what's interesting to see is that you know the knives out approach is, is is just it's brutal right like this is the only industry i feel like where you can openly you know execute your counterparty so to speak and just walk away from it um it's wild to see you know, these quarter billion dollar collateralized positions get stop hunted. Um, and I, this is, the, this is the, the first time that I've really, you know, understood what's going on. 
and it really, 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 you know, you know, people, people were saying like, oh, we should, we should short Solana. And I'm like, sure. Like in theory, in practice, Sam is fucking executing people like scorched earth, you know, <laughs> like I'm not trying to jump into his backyard and shit in his bushes while, you know, this is happening. So it's, it's just really interesting to see. Um, and it's, it reminds me a lot of the, um, like the Rockefeller or, you know, those, those robber baron types who would just go to war with each other. And there just wasn't any, you know, there wasn't anything stopping them. And, and it's very interesting to see it from, um, you know, front row seat. So that's, that's just been my takeaway. And then, and then also the, what's been interesting is that, you know, when stuff really, really happens quickly, there's a lag, you know, from the flash to bang, so to speak. Like when the thing happens, it happens and you see it on the chain. Um, but then it can be 24, 36, 72 hours later before the news knows about it. Um, and so that's, that's been another very interesting thing for me um, that I have not experienced before at this level of, of magnitude, which is just the delay in information is, you know, if this was a regulated market, it would be criminal. Um, so it's very interesting and, and yeah, I stressful as all hell, but, um, I've managed my collateral ratios, uh, uh, actually in lockstep with Celsius. Um, so, you know, they had a, they had a 25,000 price tag for their liquidation. I did too. And I was just watching it. And I was like adding collateral and I realized that I was adding collateral at the same rate that they were. And, you know, now my collateral or my liquidation price is like 14K and theirs is too. And it's just, it's, it's, um, it's a bit crazy to be in the same crosshairs as like a quarter billion dollar position when mine is only like, you know, $20,000, but it's, it's still just entertaining as all hell. So I'm here for it. Right. Awesome. That's, that's, uh, that's interesting that, uh, you're on the you're on the same uh, same collateral position or or at least uh, as, the as, ratio yeah yeah the price point that you you need to 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 add collateral but uh, that's that's interesting but you know it it's kind of funny when you read headlines like you know Celsius you know uh, is having problems and you know this is bad for DeFi and it's like but you know they're 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 centralized they're they're not you know they're they're taking risks off chain with their money i guess uh you know whether they borrow it or or uh go long or short i don't know but it's it's kind of not headlines really aren't faithful to what's actually happening i think you know defi defi obviously is having their their problems you know but uh these these big centralized exchanges are just getting getting hammered as well and uh you know and i brought brought up crypto.com just because i wanted to give them a hard time about their super bowl ad you know and it's just uh i know you were wondering if i knew anything more than just a hunch but uh yeah it's just it's the Super Bowl curse, you know. It happened during the dot com era. Era, you know, you you go out and spend. Well, back then, 
thirty or forty million dollars on a on a on an ad, and uh, you know now it's a hundred, two hundred million dollars for a Super Bowl ad, and you're you know you're just throwing that money away, you know, ostensibly, you know. Yeah, and, and for the record, for anyone listening, I have posted that rumor, and uh, it's absolutely zero percent corroborated at this point. <laughs> No, no problem. No problem. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, rumors are fun and I, I have the information network to test them. So, you know, bring them up. I don't, I don't care. Like, you know. Right. Right. And, and then obviously, you know, there was some more discussion after that about, you know, how they're structured because they have their own token and they use it. You got to buy so many of their tokens in order to qualify for their crypto credit card or whatever. And it just, it just sounds to me like that's just not a business model I want to be around, I guess. You know, I guess, you know, it may it may make sense to other people, but, you know, just, I'll just go and get a regular credit card <laughs> without buying somebody's shitty token just so I can have the benefits of their card. But, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's just me. But uh, anyway... Um, well, I almost, I almost bought into Crypto.com to do that credit card, and I thought it was a, a worthwhile thing to do. And then, you know, the token went up in price so much, I was like, oh, well, never mind. It's really not worth it anymore. Um, so I think at one point, it was a really good business model. But then suddenly, their token became worth a whole lot more. And then it was like, sort of, you're either in the club or you're not. Um, right. <laughs> Right. But yeah. um, I wanted to respond to, to just a few thoughts um, of what was shared already. And that's this concept of stop loss hunting um, and sort of like the robber baron um, history of America or even pre-America. And, and quite frankly, uh, from my perspective, and again, I'm a pediatrician with a lot of friends who work on Wall Street. I don't work on Wall Street, but as I understand, I mean, this is Wall Street normal day business like this is wall street day in and day out um i in my opinion what's happening is adoption and the crypto industry and those that aren't typically part of wall street or the financial business trading community were only more and more getting sort of initiated in what i would consider as more normal business on Wall Street. What's so intriguing with the concept of on-chain data is, you know, it used to be that a certain number of traders were only profitable when they stayed with their, um, you know, bank market maker because they had access to sort of proprietary data. They, they got to see the order books coming from different brokers and coming from different places. And and honestly, that's sort of what crypto is now, is with on-chain data and Glassnode and other companies that do sort of the same type of on-chain analytics. I mean, now that, uh, that competitive advantage has been decently flattened. Um, and so, you know, I think the, I think the uh, crypto industry will have to sort of continue to reanalyze its degree of leverage it's willing to take especially since not necessarily each person is showing their cards, but yet you can do quite a bit more on-chain analytics to know 
where people would be getting liquidated or where positions are to a certain degree. So um, in, in my opinion, the concept of someone, you know, bringing in one or two billion dollars to try and stop loss hunt um, within the crypto industry, that's that's just called like one analyst at a hedge fund bringing up an idea and then, you know, one of their one of their uh, bosses going, hey, maybe maybe we'll try that trade out. Hey, that was profitable. Good idea. You know, I'm, I'm glad we used 10 percent of our capital as opposed to, oh, this, it, you, you know, it's when you get big it's not that hard to completely overwhelm our market space right now. So in my opinion, uh, I think we should continue to be cautious with leverage and expect more hostile attacks. And in my opinion, that is good for the market to sort of get used to growing up and being part of a functional uh, system economy. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to echo your, your sentiment that it is what Wall Street has always done. Um, whether you go back to the robber barons, I, I remember reading, although he's a clown, uh, Jim Cramer uh, on what, you know, and he's just a clown now on, on, on cable TV. But I did read one of his books back when he was actually a hedge fund manager, and I guess in the, maybe, I don't know, the, the 90s, I guess. And he ran a hedge fund, and he got in some, he got behind on some trades, and the other hedge funds found out, and he was not popular, and they went after him, and you know they were he's getting forced redemptions, and they almost put him out of business. But it it's a shark tank uh, amongst those hedge funds when they see somebody who's 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 weak, and and they take take up counter positions against them and try to. To basically put them out of business. It's not about profitability. It's it's freaking cutthroat. It's because they can. It's about power. It's not about m- money. Gives them power. And 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 it he he. It was an interesting book that he wrote. And you know, I'm assuming most of it was true. But uh, you know, that that that's kind of scary when you have people throwing around that much money uh, to make a point uh, or to punish somebody. Or to make somebody look bad, or to, and and in this day and age, uh, you know, have your uh, you know, uh, score points on social media. Even I mean, that's that's ridiculous that somebody would throw around a billion dollars to do that. But he's fun. No, that's normal. That's normal business. Even back yeah. then, if everybody realizes, oh, he's showing his cards. Okay, you have money. My job is to take it. I'm right. going to come take it. I have Always. nothing against you. I still like playing basketball with you, but you have money and my job is to take it. So I will yeah. take it. Like you're, that's, you're, that's, in my opinion, that's the, that's the culture. Um, and, and I'm not even saying that's good or bad. That just is what functional markets are, you know? <laughs> I, I, I'd have to agree with you. I, I, I don't necessarily like it, you know, because it, you know, obviously the retail investor gets, 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 gets the shit on but you know that's that's life of a retail investor <laughs> so uh don't get into those leverage games if you don't want to get caught by it i guess is 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 uh you know is probably the the the, be- the better better choice if 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 you're not aware of all those risks uh and fortunately with on-chain data you can uh you're not getting front run nearly as badly as you are in a traditional market 
Yeah, I mean, I also, I like, um, I like, uh, I think your name's Jonathan also, right? Yes. Well, no, Tree Farmer, I think he's also a Jonathan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like your point about it being, like, adoption, actually. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, but, yeah, like, that's, like, if you can clearly demonstrate and then execute a thesis, um, and you can demonstrate that it was relatively risk-free and, you know, you can demonstrate the utility of that capital allocation, like, yeah, like, 100% that's going to turn heads. So, um, I think it's definitely interesting. I think, you know, but the, the question is really, like, at what point does um, greed switch to fear and fear switch to greed, right? So, like... And initially, people were looking at stuff and were being like, oh, it's really, really easy to make money. And then the crash happens and they're like, oh, it's really, really easy to blow up. And then the bull run happens and they're like, oh, it's really, really easy to make money. And the question is like, to me, like which, you know, what sticks? Is it greed or is it fear? And I'm pretty sure fear sticks stronger than greed, but only if, it di if you directly are fearful. If you see other people making money, that's where the greed comes in, and then you jump in until you get burned. Uh, but if if somebody, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just interesting. I think definitely a lot of funds are are looking to get exposure to to different strategies um, because I feel like a lot of the strategies in traditional finance are either overwhelmingly basic in just you know putting leverage onto, onto beta or, you know, just uh, tracking ETF flows or just following people or whatever. Um, and I think that eventually, you know, that will dry up just like it did in professional and online poker. Um, I mean, that's one of the reasons why a lot of poker players came into crypto because there just wasn't any more edge in poker. They had effectively shut out all of the retail players because they had taken all their money. Um, so I, I do think that is, I think we're very, very close to that inflection points, if we haven't already crossed that line, um, where it's just prohibitively expensive for traditional financial institutions to make money in the traditional financial space. And that's overall my institutional adoption thesis in, in like a nutshell. Yeah, it's definitely definitely something to think about. I, I uh that is a that is a good point to to kind of ponder on on you know when when the crypto markets start acting like traditional markets or where traditional players can uh, use the same techniques in, in crypto and have the same result and then be able to profit, you know, that that is certainly a, a way. I mean, yeah, like the BART, the BART pattern is, you know, I, I think a lot of people sort of, well, I don't know, when it, when it first came up, people said this is a forex move this is a, a foreign exchange you know currency markets type move and now it's a, a standard move um but when it came out people immediately looked to the foreign uh, foreign exchange markets um to figure out like what the fuck was going on and once they realized like oh it's just repricing a level for a certain amount of time wait for positions to get in and then liquidate them you know people learned and, and now i would argue that bart's well, 
they capture more value now because there's overall more liquidity and then volume. But you know, the smart players know you know Bart's are are everywhere. Can can you can you briefly explain what a Bart is? Uh, yeah. So um, Bart Simpson, uh, his head is a very specific shape. Um, it's effectively a rectangle with a bunch of spikes on the top of it. Um, or a invert of that, where if you imagine Bart hanging upside down, uh, his head is, is also, you know, an upside down rectangle with spikes on the bottom of it. Um, and it's just basically a way of, um, stop hunting, um, for leveraged traders. So, uh, an easy way to think about it is, um, a 10% move will liquidate, uh, well, let's say a 5% move will liquidate all of the traders on 20x leverage. And so what, what they'll do is they'll basically identify a liquidation cluster. Um, they'll identify the percentage move away that it has to be to liquidate it. Uh, they'll pump the price to that liquidation point and past it. They'll collect the forced sales of the liquidations they'll keep the price there for a period of time um, and then basically reset the price level back to the original. So what you get is you get a price up. Well, you get a big price up or down, it stays there, and then you get the price resuming back to the original level before the um, malfeasance. And it's basically a way of liquidating the longs and the shorts on leverage um, in the inverse of the percentage move based on the leverage that they're using. So if they're using 10x leverage, a 10% move would liquidate them. If they're using 50x leverage, a 2% move would liquidate them. If they're using 100% leverage, a 1% move would liquidate them. And you see it on all time frames, um, and it's absolutely brutal. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> Uh, I'm st I, I still shy away from leverage, so I uh, I, I, I am uh, uh, not amused, but I, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm intrigued uh, by by how people use leverage, and and uh, I I wasn't aware of that. I mean, it, it theoretically that does make sense. Obviously, you know, you have uh, you know 50x leverage, and you can only move two. 2%, you know, before they they come looking for you, but uh well, no, that's before you're automatically liquidated. Right. Like yeah, like they they can and I can I can see the liquidation maps. So like right now for example, uh let's see. So right now for example, there is uh let's see. So I'm looking at Bitcoin US dollar on Binance um, and here, let me just take a screenshot and I'll, I'll add this to the chat. But basically, there are huge liquidation clusters around uh, 20,750 uh, and 21,750. So we'll probably see moves to those areas in the next few hours if we haven't already um, as the market makers, you know, basically move uh move the needle and and liquidate people well yeah I'll, I'll uh yeah put that in the, the voice chat and or or the yeah the voice chat and we'll take a look at that that's interesting 
Yeah, the tool is called the Kingfisher. Um, thekingfisher.io. Gotcha. Also, I've got to run. I've got a flight in like an hour and a half. Um, but I will chat with you all later. And if anyone's at NFT NYC, I will be there uh, next week. All right. Take care, John. It's good talking to you. Thanks for that share. Yeah, yeah. It's wild stuff. I mean, this is the equivalent of seeing the Matrix. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Later, guys. Have a good weekend. Later. Awesome. Uh, anybody else got any, th- any tidbits uh, of news uh, that they want to share that they think is, uh, is useful for the group, possibly? I know one of the things in Telegram that we were talking about, and I know uh, Tree Farmer John, uh, you had uh, you had uh, at least uh, threw it out there of uh, your your approach going forward. Uh, now that you know the bull market's over, we're in a bear market. So when the next bull market happens, you know how do you develop a strategy, and at what point do you take? money off the table on the way up, I guess, really is kind of what you were, uh, uh, I think that's what you were, were saying. And I know some people were interested in talking about uh, that possibly. Yeah, no problem, no problem. We'll uh, work on that connection, I guess. But uh, yeah, he's going to go off and come back on, hopefully with a little bit better connection. But yeah, he was, he was talking about that, uh, you know, as far as, uh, if you're buying now, you know, uh, on the way back up, you know, have you already started picking targets of when you're going to sell, you know? Um. Hey, guys. Sorry, I wanted to, to hop in there. You guys are seeing a lot of really interesting stuff, even about, you know, hedge funds and uh, and kind of why they do what they do. Uh, I thought that was really insightful. Um, and sorry for the delay. I was dealing with the AC emergency. The water was everywhere, so I had to do that. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, I can tell you firsthand, you know, it's, it's free money, right? Like it's your job. It's your, it's your responsibility to return, uh, to, 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 to make returns. And so if you see someone who shows their hand, you see someone who, even if they're limping and you're like, Hey, I can add another, you know, 1%, 2% for the year for growing up. Like it's, 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 it's easy and it is cutthroat. Because uh, these are people who are like, oh, yeah, I met that person. Oh, nice guy. <laughs> you say, well, let me go make my money. You know, it's uh, it, it can be a heartless sort of thing. And so, you know, when we see, and I see everything that's happening now, um, with these, uh, these cascading liquidations, you know, um, it's, I really do, I really understand both sides of, of, of the table. Um, and especially when, Levered up like that, and I know John. You, I think you've read my uh, my article about leverage. Oh yeah, um, and, and you know we're we're seeing that now. And one thing I did want to want to add to the conversation is that you know there were reports for for three uh, AC that they they ghosted everyone. So people were reaching out to them, like, hey, you know, love to restructure this. Like, hey, love to you know you want to add some collateral. Like, hey, what, like, what's the you know how can we make this work? Which most of the time, like your prime brokers will make it work. They will try to make it work. Um, unless you're way outside your skis, but this is exactly where we look at. Um, God, what was the company? The Green Ridge was it the company for Credit Suisse that blew up to like 450. I can't remember the 
the magnitude. Well, uh, but their largest blow up last year that uh, almost cost their CEO their uh, his, his job. Um, people are willing to work with you, and so I, I think it's you know when we see that. I mean, but it, it's also just shows like John that you're kind of right. I mean, this leverage. No one I would never would imagine Ethereum back down at at uh, eleven hundred. Everyone was saying Bitcoin hitting back to twenty two hundred. I was like. To start twenty two thousand, I was like, "Wow, that's you know, that's bleak." <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't. But uh, you know, here and here we are. You know, which is a but it's a great opportunity. You know, the same thing that I'm speaking with my family about, and anyone who, who will listen, it's like you know, hopefully you have some dry powder, right? And you know, you're taking some money off at the top, which you know, I, I can say I do. And so now it's time to go shopping. You know, like yeah, it hurts your 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 net worth. Has uh, has sprung. I'm sure considerably all of us, or even our play money, right? But you know, I think this is a time where we, similar to the overall uh, industry, it's like it's the time when we innovate. You know, it's the time when we we lock in those future gains, and we you know we do the work, and we put our head down. So, that's yeah, really all I, I wanted to add about that. Yeah, that's. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Hey. I guess I found a, a cell phone spot. That's awesome advice, Dustin. I completely agree with everything you're saying. You basically said what I was trying to say, so I don't I don't need to talk a long time. But basically, I was saying I uh, I did not anticipate it coming this low. Um, but you know, this is a good example of keep your day job, keep earning dollars, keep living below your means, so you have money to invest in. Um, I think the future is bright for crypto and uh, nobody should lose hope. But um, anyone who is hoping to pay for something in the next three months with excessive profits, you probably need to reset your perspective. Uh, but I do think that um, if you lengthen your time horizon and stick with, uh, you know, some of your more blue chip L1 um, products, you're likely to see significant gains. Just keep your day job and keep your powder dry. But yeah, I'm starting to shop. Um, and if we see crypto continue to go down, I'll probably start moving in more, but I'm by no means like, you know, dumping the dump truck. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing a small buying steps at this point. Cause we could see our global macro um, sort of outlook really go bad over the next six to 18 months. So Keep your powder dry, but in my opinion, some good buying opportunities to start scaling in some more if you've got some extra cash. Yeah, I, w I would agree with that for sure. And uh, and you know, we just uh, went through the the you know twenty twenty one, and uh, you know, uh, it was a, I think I can speak for most people a profitable year uh, for for those who were in the crypto industry and and. Uh, and people, uh, you know, as we uh, approach tax time, realize that some of those, uh, you know, capital gains had to be paid and it's a little painful. But, you know, I guess, you know, I don't hear a lot of people talk about tax, tax loss harvesting right now, but that certainly is an option as well, right? Um, you know, if you're going to take your, to your losses, you can take them and get out and get back in again, I guess, and kind of do a wash trade if you can still do that. Um, 
you know, unlock in some of those losses that you can uh, take against uh, possibly some earnings later in the year. I don't know, but uh, haven't heard anybody really talk about that a whole lot. But uh, uh, I, I'm sure there's some strategies there that uh, that might help uh, at least get you through the tough times and realize that maybe you're making a uh, you know a, a tax wise trade possibly uh, and, uh, and and work that way and. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it it does look bleak. But I think uh, you know, just you know, don't get crazy and and just sell everything and go to cash. But you know, at this point, if you've you held on this far, you know, there's there's still more room to go down. Uh, you know, be prepared for that and don't uh, don't. This is not going to be. I don't think this is going to be a real quick bounce like we've experienced in some of the. This isn't necessarily a dip. This is uh, this is kind of a fairly fairly baked in you know baked in market right now. I don't, I don't know. I don't see anything changing at any time soon. But I could be wrong. The Glassnode has an interesting net unrealized profit and loss calculator with on-chain data. Uh -huh. um, and we're presently in the net loss. So that doesn't mean everyone lost money. That just means that net more people have lost than made money. The net assets in Bitcoin. Is we that are under here or at what what time frame is that? Um so so you can do that on chain analysis on on any any uh chain that you know, you can interrogate. So, so Glassnode lets you go back, I think, to like, to, I mean, really the start of Bitcoin. Uh -huh. um, but but it, it recomputes every day. Um, I think you can pay a lot more money and it'll recompute, you know, in a much smaller time frame. Right. But, um, but when the times when it's gone red in the net unrealized profit and loss, um, it has usually been significant bottoms. What that it's, it's in the, when it's in the red, it's below zero. It's actually negative, meaning more net loss than gain. Um, and, and we're there right now, you know. Um, and in that post that I made, it was like, um, I think a, a number of years ago, the length of time we stayed around consolidating under, uh, you know, in a net loss was close to a year. And then uh, um, not too long ago, I think it was the, after the last bull market, um, it was it was like, what was it, four months? And then we were in it, you know, in March 2020 for just days. Um, and now we're there now. So it will be interesting to see how long we stay there. Right. We have not, the other perspective to keep in mind, I've been enjoying um, learning is that we have not seen Bitcoin in a, such an inflationary market where the Fed may be working really hard to raise interest rates, crush down asset prices. I mean, they, they literally are, I mean, it's sort of part of their mandate. They will be, they're continuing to intentionally drive asset prices down. They won't say it in those words, but that's what they're doing. And there's no question in anyone's mind. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. This can break from the norm, but the time in net loss um, has been shortening and we're in it now. So. That's part of why I made that post about, you know, it may be time to start doing some trickle buying. When, when did it go red? 
when we collapse down below around twenty two thousand, I think the I think the price that pushes it into net loss is right around twenty one point something, twenty two thousand for Bitcoin. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I, I see. I see how that works. Okay. Cool. Uh, that's that's an interesting. Did you say you you did a post on that? Yeah, I was in our Telegram. I was just I was um, just texting the data, but I did not post like an actual chart. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But I subscribed to Glassnode, and I, I mean, even as a retail, I think for free you can go there and and look at the net unrealized profit and loss. Um, they just you have to pay in order to see the most current, so it like blocks out. You can look at like the historical to get a concept and read about it, but but then you have to pay a service in order to have access to their more real-time compute data. Yeah. And, 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 and so you just look basically at the Bitcoin chain for that, but you could look at other chains you're saying? Yes. Glassnode also offers, um, they've been adding a lot of different cryptocurrencies, Ethereum and many other cryptocurrencies. I tend to mostly follow Bitcoin, but right. I, 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 the uh, amount of data they're offering me for the same subscription seems to keep going up. I just haven't expanded my scope beyond Bitcoin and Ethereum. Wow. You know, and and then that, that would be interesting to compare that Bitcoin and Ethereum since, you know, Ethereum is actually, you know, the utility of it being used as gas and that's required at the varying levels and smart contract on a smart contract chain versus Bitcoin, where people, well, uh, a lot of people, uh, met the methodology of hodling and just buying, uh, you know, uh, dollar cost averaging, you know, and, and it's so it would not be surprising if it did go red because people have been buying Bitcoin since it was, you know, uh, you know, all through last year, through the 60. 60k mark and kept buying on the way down kept buying on the way down you know and all of those buys are all negative you know so it's not surprising that 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 overall that net negative unrealized uh, loss i guess is what it is is uh uh would be red when it hits a certain point because you know people have been buying for you know like clockwork you know, uh, like like people put money in their four hundred one k, you know, and sock it away in a in a in a fund somewhere. You know, it's just it's automatic, and and that uh, that does rack up unrealized losses after after a while. You know, whereas Ethereum is, uh, I don't know if it traded more, but it's spent more. It's actually used more as opposed to just a base investment, the way Bitcoin is. So it'd be interesting to see those two charts and how they maybe either don't follow each other or are significantly different. That's, that's interesting. I may have to look into that. So that's a good tip there as well. Lots of good stuff. The kingfisher.io and, uh, and Glassnode uh, specifically looking at that net realized, unrealized uh, loss or gain, gain metric. That's pretty interesting. So anyway. Um, well, we're getting close to the end of the uh, the hour. Anybody else uh, that hasn't said anything? Got any comments? Introduce yourself. Don't introduce yourself. Not a problem. 
We're always here every Friday, almost every Friday. I was not here last week. And uh, like I said, I've got a, a, a lot of uh, projects on the farm uh, that I've taken care of, and I needed a little extra time last week. And uh, the weather is frighteningly hot right now, so uh, I'm not looking forward to it. No rain in the forecast for the next two weeks, so that's not, not, that's not good. I know that has nothing to do with crypto, but that's a little side note for me. Um, but anyway... Uh, so if no one has anything else to say, Actually, uh, I would love to, um, just say hi. I've been oh. kind of hi, I'm Elena. It's nice to meet all of your voices. Yes, Elena. And, and, uh, uh, welcome, welcome to our, our, uh, our weekly call. Um, are you in uh, our telegram group or discord group? I'm in the telegram group and I just joined the discord too. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Well, I I uh, I hope I hope it was interesting enough uh, for you, and you, you maybe gained something. We uh, it's a rather informal talk that we have every Friday, and uh, and people bring things to the table that uh, you know that that they think that the uh, the group would uh, uh, profit from, either you know intellectually or financially. Uh, but yeah, um, welcome, and and I hope you're able to. Uh, come back what and, and if you don't mind me asking what's your background uh you know what brings you to uh to our group oh for sure um so i'm the co-founder and cfo of DeFi trends um we are a one-year-old startup and we're doing actually data analytics so it's quite interesting to hear about um interpretation of or I actually don't remember who spoke about Glassnode just now, but uh, definitely also follow that metric. So we we simplify analytics for crypto for the retail investor or people who maybe aren't data scientists or have um, a background in trading. And um, yeah, I've been trading crypto myself a lot in the past two years or so. But now I've quieted down, um, just kind of accumulating. So just love yeah. talking about what's going on and listening to learning from others. So happy to be here. Great, great. We uh, we we'll, we welcome you, and I hope you're able to uh, to come uh, to our Friday calls uh, when we do. Um, if I may follow some of our podcasts and recordings that we do, you can find that in the Discord. Um, but that sounds great. So you said uh, DeFi Trends is 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 the the company you were you're uh, with. Yeah, it's a little word wordplay. So it's DeFi with a Y, actually. Oh, okay. I got you. Oh, I see. Interesting. Interesting. It's uh, um, well, great. Maybe uh, maybe we can uh, you know I can talk to Tyler. Maybe we can have you on uh, one of our podcasts and interview you and. Uh, talk to you find a bit, find out a little bit more about your product and and uh and uh get you some exposure what 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 exposure we have in our group uh our telegram uh group has got some some pretty interesting people there so uh if there's any way we can help out uh we'd be glad to do that awesome yeah that would be great um and i'm seems like you all know each other but i don't know how much time we have but what is what's your background 
Yeah, uh, for me, uh, I I met Tyler, the other co-founder uh, of TradFi to DeFi. Um, we actually bumped into each other in a bankless forum uh, when we were talking about uh, people, uh, you know, would you give up your day job if you could get a job in, in DeFi? You know, that was their question of the week and was just talking in the forum. And I bumped into Tyler and we were both from the traditional finance world. And, and uh, we just said, you know, this is something I think a lot of people want to know about is, is, is how they can make that transition. And uh, so we formed the, the Telegram group and the Discord group and, and just started uh, adding people and we got some really interesting people involved. And uh, so we've been going on a, a little over a year now. So, um, but my background is, is, is from corporate finance. I worked with G Capital. Uh, I worked with Caterpillar Financial. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm close to retirement, so I'm, I'm not looking to switch careers at this point. But being a boomer, uh, I wanted to make sure that I stayed up on 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 cryptocurrency and be relevant and and also help people, uh, you know, navigate the waters because you know finance is finance, whether it's uh, stocks or bonds or crypto, and and a lot of those principles carry over. And uh, uh, one thing I'm finding out. In the crypto world, especially younger folks, um, you know, they've never had that exposure to tr traditional financial disciplines, and and it's something that they lack that that could benefit them a little bit uh, going forward in in crypto, and 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 kind of back up and learn some of those steps. So that's my function. I'm just kind of the older guy. Uh, Tyler is is. Uh, He's, he works at Cross Rivers, and uh, he uh, he he switched from he was a he was a uh, uh, an investment advisor in the traditional finance world, and finally made the switch over to uh, the DeFi world, and he works for a crypto bank, and uh, so yeah, so that's uh, th th those are our backgrounds. He can talk more about his, but mine's uh, you know, and I'm just a, a farmer here in Tennessee right now, and approaching retirement, and. Uh, so uh, it's all good. <laughs> a farmer farmer or a yield farmer or both? Uh, well, that's where I got the, uh, it, it's a dual, dual meaning, my name. So yeah, uh, uh, yield farming is really kind of where I kind of have been concentrating my uh, crypto investments uh, over the past couple of years. And, and it's what I, you know, you can spend your whole life looking at all the different niches in crypto um and at some point you do have to figure out where you fit in and where you want to apply your uh since i don't do it full time so, you know what limited time i have i have to focus it on in one or one or two areas so i don't get spread too thin so I, that's kind of where i kind of ended up uh, personally with my own money yeah so but yes i, I do I live on a farm i i have i raise uh, beef cattle, and uh, so uh, that's that's uh, that's what I do. <laughs> I also have a day job, but uh, you know the farm. I, I work from home anyway, so I can kind of farm and do my day job at the same time. I, I work uh, for a data company uh, in uh, agricultural equipment, so um, it's all fun and games. Awesome! But, Thanks for the introduction. 
Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, you're you're welcome. Uh, and and I would encourage you to drop by and uh, share some of your interesting insights into the data that you're you're seeing. And uh, there's a lot of really smart people here that uh, that have a lot to offer as well. And uh, I think uh, you'd be you'd be a good addition to our uh, weekly call if if you so choose. Thank you. I totally will. All right, we'll John. Go. John, with your with your farming background, do you do you follow the commodities markets much or not really? Um, only agricultural products mainly, you know. But that's only that that actually is figured into our how we project future prices of equipment, especially used equipment. We use the price of corn and the price of wheat as a as a a a lever to. To, to predict what, what prices are going to be for used equipment going forward, yeah. But I don't, I don't, okay. not in a trading manner on a on a day to day basis and follow corn prices. I don't do that. You you may have some some knowledge that you're not tapping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we have a pretty pretty interesting uh, group of data scientists that work for us that project future equipment values. And uh, which is important for equipment dealers, knowing uh, what uh, are people going to buy new equipment? Are they going to buy used equipment? You know, are they going to plant corn this year? Are they going to plant wheat? You know, um, fertilizer prices have skyrocketed. People cutting back on fertilizer. It's going to drop the yields in commodities, uh, you know, but fertilizer you know you can only go so long without using the recommended amount of fertilizer so you're either going to double up next year so there's going to be more demand for fertilizer it is interesting um i, I probably don't use use my uh my my uh my my agricultural knowledge probably to full full effect but uh but it, it's 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 uh yeah i guess i probably should <laughs> but anyway well, all right, we've uh, reached the three o'clock hour and uh, I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend uh, and enjoys some time away from the uh, the computer screen and uh, don't follow those, uh, you know, the markets, even though they are 24-7 markets, you know, hopefully you can get away and enjoy yourself for a little while this weekend. But uh, uh, y'all take care and I will see you all next week. Sounds good. Nice to meet you all. Yes. Nice to meet you. Have a nice weekend, everyone. Oh, it was a pleasure, guys. See you next week.